following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Basketball Society. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Fadeaway. I am your host, Ryan Kalpin, and this is a Basketball Society podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Yes, I do realize it's not Sunday, um, unless you're listening to this a little bit later on after it was released. Uh, it's been it's been a busy, busy weekend since the Super Bowl, and I'm doing my best to, to, to be able to, to get out the content that I need to get out. Um, I'll do my best to get it on a, a more regular release pattern. If this is your first time tuning in, like I said, a Basketball Society podcast, please go follow them at B-Ball Society. We... we Follow everything from middle school to high school to college to NBA, WNBA, um, at all hours of the day as well. You know, it's, it's, it is the best way to get all of your basketball content, so please go give them a follow. As for the Sunday Fadeaway, you can follow us at Sunday Fadeaway on Twitter. Um, I know that I just ran a competition recently for the All-Star Weekend. Uh, if anybody picked the correct MVP of the game, they would win a team T-shirt of their choice, something that we've done here before on the fader. Somehow, some way, nobody picked the king to win MVP. We had a lot of Kevin Durant's, uh, had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Greek freaks, um, in 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 a lot of Russell Westbrook's, but nobody picked the king. So I'm gonna be doing my best over the next couple of days to be thinking up of a, of a new competition to get you guys your team shirts. Remember, tune in, listen in, follow along, join the debate, join the conversation. That's what makes the show the best uh, the best that it can be. The top level is is getting other minds in here, other voices on the podcast besides mine that know basketball or think they know basketball um, and are able to, to kind of have a conversation with me. Um, like I said, we're, we're recording a little bit late into the night here. I just got done watching the Sixers and the Heat, a big game for East Earn Playoff. Basically, uh, you know, kind of jockeying uh, around the, the, the kind of three through eight seeds, which we're going to get into a little bit later on in the show. A tough loss for the Sixers, 102-101. Dwayne Wade flashback um, to a few years ago, dropped 27 points, including the game-winning jumper, including three clutch free throws um, to tie it up. And then what looked like an intentional foul of Ben Simmons to put him on the free throw line. Uh, ben Simmons only able to make one of two, which made it 101 to 100 at the time. Wade hit the shot down with about six seconds left. Sixers got a clean look, uh, inbounded in to Sarge, right back to Simmons. Um, Simmons drove, kicked it back out to Sarge in the corner, and then t- top of the key to Redick for a wide open uh, three pointer, which would have won the game at the buzzer. And in my opinion, a shot that just absolutely has to be made. It's the reason he's on the team. It's the reason he was brought to Philly. It is for these games and these situations, for those shots to win games that matter most. He is the one that has the experience to do so. Uh, I understand, you know, not every shot is going to fall, but that's one that 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 hurts a little bit, a little bit. Um, you know, it's 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 in my opinion, like I said, a shot that's got to fall, a playoff, a huge game on the road in Miami uh, after a tough loss in Washington. Um, and, and like I said, all the three through eight seeds between about three games here. And, and, you know, that's, it's really a game that the Sixers will like to have a lead into the fourth quarter. We've heard that story time and time again. Um, the heat battled back and, and something that the Sixers wish that they could have gotten, you know, kind of sealed off. Um, you know, they'll go back to the drawing board. I think they'll be okay. They're, they're a deep team. 
picking up Marco Bellinelli, looking like they're going to sign Ilyasova, which looks like it's going to be a release of Amir or Booker. Um, not really sure. No word on it yet. Hopefully not Rashawn. It looks like he's getting a few more minutes here each in the last couple games to see what he can do. Provided a big spark off the bench against uh, Orlando and Miami uh, previously. So uh, I, I'm hoping they keep Rashawn. I like his energy, and, and he does you know, kind of give the Sixers that spark. Um, so that was just a little uh, kind of post-game analysis just because of uh, the recording time and, and kind of you know what was happening in, in such a really a really good game. Um, so that was Sixers uh, Heat's um, Miami wins uh, one hundred two to one hundred one. So this episode of the Sunday Fadeaway, I want to dive into a few different things. Of course, we're kind of in the final stretch of the season, technically the second half, you know, after the All Star break. But of course, uh, about twenty games left for for most of the teams. Um, it looks like. Uh, let me see here yeah it's about 20 to 25 games um left for for everybody uh in 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 kind of the league here I want to talk and give my grades on the all-star weekend on Saturday night's festivities on the game on Sunday I want to go into some second half predictions and and then I want to talk a few things uh, surrounding LeBron James um a little bit towards the end of the show so let's start off with the all-star uh weekend shall we I know it's been a little while like I said it's been crazy busy i'm doing my best to get the show back on a regular uh release pattern for for those uh avid fader listeners and and if this is again this is your first time thank you for joining me and and please please join the conversation shoot us a tweet i'm I'm always happy to to talk basketball with anybody so saturday night started off with the skills competition and then it was the three-point contest and, and, and the dunk contest. Um, that's what I, I don't want to look too much into the sophomores and rookies games or the celebrity game on Friday. I want to talk about the festivities on Saturday and then, of course, the big game on Sunday um, and kind of where I think that, you know, kind of the weekend stands. For me, All-Star Weekend, NBA All-Star Weekend is always one of my favorite events of the year, truly. Um, but over the past couple seasons, outside of the Levine and Gordon dunk show, which was awesome uh, obviously one of the top events probably ever in in the competition for the NBA outside of that over the past couple of years the competition in the games has has lacked um, you know kind of the flair and some of the the Saturday night festivities has has lacked um, and, and I want to kind of dive into that a little bit so starting off with the skills competition they are still still in that same format of bigs versus guards um, trash in my opinion got to be switched back to, to the way that it was I like when um, you know, they're kind of timed going one person at a time. I don't think the bigs really should be in the competition, in my opinion. The guards, I know, obviously, the bigs had won two of the past three years, and, and it was cool to see uh, Embiid and, and marketing in there. But I think it should be the best ball handers in the game. I think there should be about eight of them. I think they should be timed, um, and I think there should be more really more kind of obstacles. I feel like they've taken out obstacles. I don't really even know if that's true, but, you know, the zigzag, the one pass, uh, basically just running the length of the floor and, and dunking it and then and then making a three, hardly skills. Something that I literally, as, as a very, very, very amateur basketball player, um, a YMCA-type player, something that I feel confident I'd be able to do and not really embarrass myself. And, and for me, I think that I should be embarrassing myself if I'm partaking in any of the skills competitions, in which I would in the three-point contest, in which I would in the dunk contest, obviously, because I can't dunk. But for the skills competition, I feel like I could probably hold my own, and and uh, that's just something that I, I think is a, is a little ridiculous. So that is an F for me. I, I actually 
really didn't enjoy it. Um, you know, outside of Joel being in it and, and, and watching him, you know, kind of kind of uh, you know partake, it, it, I I really think that they got to switch that up. Next up was the three point contest. Of course, um, you know, kind of a standard eight players in there. You know, they each have a money ball rack is is something, and they get to place it wherever they want. Um, this was a little lackluster as well, but I don't really think there's much that the NBA can do about it. You know, maybe trying to get some more high-profile shooters. Uh, Devin Booker took home the crown in this one. He did set a new record in, in the finals. Um, it's eight players. The final three are in, uh, you know, the top three from the first round going to the finals, and, and that's that. So Devin Booker outlasted Klay Thompson, who was looking to, to repeat his title. Um, or not repeat technically. Eric, uh, Eric Gordon was there to repeat his title, but Clay, of course Clay had won in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it is what it is. You know, obviously I, I I think that you know kind of what would be fun is getting Steph and and Clay in there, um, both of them in there. You know it, that makes it you know fun. Maybe getting James Harden in there, some more high profile guys. Um, you know, not taking anything away, of course, from the Wayne Ellingtons of the world or. Or any of those guys, but I mean, Paul George really shit the bed, and there was a few other guys. There wasn't really a lot of high scores, um, you know, in in the first round outside of Devin Booker's record, which was really cool to watch. Um, so for the three point contest, I'll give that a C plus. I don't think there's really much, like I said, the NBA can do with it. It is what it is. It's fun to watch some of the best shooters in the world, you know, kind of go up against each other. Um, and I think that that's a staple that that obviously will stay within Saturday night festivities. And then finally comes the main event, the slam dunk contest, the Goliath of Saturday night, the event everybody's waiting for, four dunkers, one champion, five judges, who can take home the crown? Snooze Fest is what I would call this year's dunk contest. Victor Oladipo was in it, of course, shit the bed. I don't really know if he even made a dunk. He tried to put on the Black Panther, which was cool from the from the first row. He had the mask over there. Um, didn't make the dunk. Wasn't really that cool anymore. Uh, made the Black Panther seem less invincible. So thanks for making the greatest movie of all time on Rotten Tomatoes that much less cool. So awesome. Good job, Victor Oladipo. Um, of course, Donovan Mitchell was in it. Dennis Smith Jr. and, and Larry Nance. Larry Nance had um, a lot of throwbacks with his father, a lot of throwback jerseys, throwback dunks, and sure, it was cool. It was cool to see that and, and, and kind of show the videos. Um, the fans weren't into it. Donovan Mitchell had um, a couple good dunks for sure. Dennis Smith uh, had one good dunk, probably one of the best dunks of the night. But it just wasn't special. There was no flair. The Like I said, the, there was no crowd energy. Um, you know, it, it just... It fell flat, man. It fell really, really flat. I think uh, that has to do with the format. I don't know. Maybe go more dunkers or more dunks. Um, maybe, you know, they get three dunks. And if they miss all three, then then that's kind of that. Maybe give them a time limit instead. I don't know. I don't really know if there's a lot of answers that the NBA or Adam Silver can, can adjust to this it's instead of trying to really get Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon to do it every single year. Um, yeah, but it was flat for me. Um, it was, it was a snooze fest. Again, it's at the end of the night. It's, uh, you know, kind of the big main event for, for Saturday night for the all-star weekend. And, uh, for me that it's a, it's a D at best. Um, you know, like I said, uh, there was a, uh, maybe three or four dunks that were, I was like, Ooh, damn, that was, that was really good seeing it in slow-mo. Ooh, damn, that was really good. But, 
Um, outside of that, uh, you know, Oladipo was was really really terrible, um, and it really wasn't you know a lot of special, um, you know, kind of dunks or even special not effects, but you know, kind of bringing in props and things of that nature. Um, Kevin Hart was a prop for one of uh, Donovan Mitchell's dunks, which I guess was okay, but jumping over Kevin Hart is like jumping over an eighth grader. I feel like anybody with any type of athleticism could probably do that, and he was hunched over anyway, so it's really like dunking over an infant. Um, but, I mean, having said that, you know, like I said, a really poor, poor effort for the skills competition for me. I think that is the NBA's fault. Very kind of average three-point shooting contest. Nothing the NBA can do there. And then the dunk contest, I think, is just a little bit of both. Uh, you know, giving it a D, like I mentioned, I think it's a little bit of um, a little bit of the NBA's fault. Trying to do whatever they can to to maybe extend the field, get a little bit more high-profile guys in there. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the dunkers. It's going to come down to to their preparations and their effort. Um, uh, and you know, I think there, you know, there's, there's really not too, too much the NBA can control. So overall, I give Saturday night a really a C minus, a D plus. Um, definitely, definitely disappointed. Um, I was, I had high hopes for it. You know, I know obviously they switched up the the sum of the game, which we'll get to next. Uh, but yeah, Saturday night was a little bit of disappointment. So coming into the game Sunday night, I had high hopes and I had really, uh, you know. Something I needed something to, you know, I needed it to, to be a really good game, really competitive game, something I really enjoyed, or, you know, I was really going to consider the, the, the entire All-Star weekend um, a little bit of a letdown. Uh, just a side note, Basketball Society was out there. You could check out the Basketball Society Chronicles uh, episode three on YouTube. You know, a video of, of kind of some of the guys out there, not myself personally. I was able to, to live vicariously through uh, our group chat that we have and, uh, you know, some of the Snapchats the guys are putting up, but... Some of the guys were out there. They had a lot of fun. were able to meet some cool people, see some cool things. So take a look at that as well. Um, but, of course, this year, a big difference. You know, Adam Silver understood and recognized the, the competition level had dropped tremendously. It was basically a backyard uh, basketball game with no defense, no effort, no competition. And, and really, you know, neither team really could care less, you know, if, if they won or lost. Uh, you know, the scores were up near the 200s, which is just ridiculous for a, a regular you know, basketball game, basically, in terms of time limits. So what they did this year was top vote-getters in each um, conference, uh, the top two vote-getters overall were deemed captains, and they were able to pick their teams. Um, the, the You know, kind of the, there was, you know, vote uh, starters voted in, in which they had to pick from first, and then the reserves, of course. Um, you know, each picked their teams, respectively. LeBron's went through a few of the injury changes, but still going into the game, uh, LeBron's team was heavily favored by most of the media and most of the people that I spoke with as well. I did pick Team Curry. I think he surrounded himself with some shooters, and I didn't know how competitive really the change was going to make the game. And, and shooting is one more, you know, three points is one more point than two points. And, of course, three-pointers have taken over the game, especially within All-Star Weekend. So I did go with Team Curry before the game, um, and it was great. I mean, I thought the game was really, really great. The competition was there. Of course, the score is going to be high. It's the best basketball players in the world. Nobody wants to put themselves at injury risk, so I get that. But it was it was really, really good. Um, 
Uh, of course, you know, I'm sure everybody knows LeBron James' team was down in the the final minutes, came back, saved the comeback, and, and, and really played some phenomenal defense on the last possession there against Steph Curry, kind of trapped him in the corner. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, two giants compared to Steph Curry, and he couldn't do anything, and time expired before they could get off a shot, and LeBron's team won, and, and I think it was $350,000 to the charity of LeBron's choosing. Um, so it was very well done. LeBron James taking home the MVP, the All-Star MVP. He played phenomenal. Um, in that game, and uh, you know, it was it was competitive. It was fun. There was moments in the game where I really enjoyed. There was defense. Uh, you know, there was spectacular play from from both teams, and uh, yeah, it was something that I think Adam Silver has hit on the head. I think the com competitiveness between the guys that uh, are chosen um, really. You know, drives them to play a little bit more. The charity aspect of, of kind of what they put in there, I think, drives them to play a little bit more. And, and, and just us fans talking about it and saying, hey, we want to enjoy this game, you know, uh, again. And, and, you know, we don't want it to be boring where there's absolutely no defense. And that was the case. I mean, there was there was some highlight plays, of course. There was some good defense. And, and at the end of it, it was competitive. And, and even, you know, just watching at the end, Steph Curry was upset that he wasn't able to, to get the get the ball off. And, and you know, kind of wasn't able to to win it for his team, um, so it was it was really well done. I give Adam Silver, the NBA, and the guys on that court a, a B plus, A minus. The only thing I'm changing, in which they already admitted to, I think it's definitely going to happen next year, is televise the draft. I want to see you know who they're picking. I want them to be both in the same position. You know, draft them on Saturday. Have do that and, and put it in front of the skills competition or whatever. Replace the skills competition. I'd enjoy that more. Um, yeah, I think that if they do that on Saturday night, you get to watch both captains be up there with the with the guys. I think it's funny to see who's pick last. I think it's 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 cool to see kind of just like a backyard draft. It's something that every child has done. You know, I've been there. I know everybody out there listening has been there in gym class or with their friends and just picking teams and and that's that that makes it feel more real, I think. It makes it feel, you know, kind of closer to home for a lot of these guys and you know, I, I truly think that, like I said, Adam Silver and, and the guys did did a great job, um, and and I'm I'm excited for next year for that. So for sure, for sure, definitely turn it around, save the All Star Weekend in my opinion, um, and I think overall grade for the All Star Weekend Saturday and Sunday combined, that game brings it up to about a B for me. If you could change the dunk contest, if you could somehow make the dunk contest, you know, really enjoyable to the Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine level. You got a you got a killer Saturday night and Sunday night uh, for sure, and and it's guys like me that I'll definitely you know circle it on my calendar year in and year out. So that is some of my all star kind of spiel and grades. I wanted to go over it's something I wanted to do last week. Unfortunately, wasn't able to get a podcast out, um, but hopefully, you guys can stick with it. And you know, uh, being a couple weeks behind. So of course, all star break came and gone. Um, like I said, about twenty to twenty five games remaining in the se regular season and the. Both of the uh, standings in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference are really, really close. Um, you know, Toronto's playing some spectacular basketball right now, uh, sitting at 42-17, and 17, uh, half a game up on Boston. You know, outside of that 1-2 in the um, East, Toronto and Boston right there, they're battling each other. 3-8 through eight is tight, man. Three through eight is really, really tight. Like I said, that Philadelphia-Miami game was huge. Um, you know, they just, uh, like I said, just the Heat just beat the Sixers, and the Heat are in the eighth spot right now. Uh, now only one game behind the Sixers. But, 
Cleveland at three, Washington at four, Indiana at five, Milwaukee at six, Philadelphia at seven, and Miami at eight. From three to eight, they are only separated by four and a half games. And really, you know, three through yeah, three through six, two and a half, three through seven, you know, you get the point. Um, that's that is very tight. And I know the Sixers up to this point have had the hardest schedule. They have had some tough games. Um, it should be getting easier for them. But they had two big games against Washington and against Miami, unfortunately dropping both of those. Um, and, I, I mean, obviously the seeding matters a lot for the matchups. Right now it would be Toronto versus Miami, Boston versus Philly, Cleveland versus Milwaukee, and Washington versus Indiana. Um, you know, I think I think if you are – I think you're okay right now if you're Cleveland. I think if you're Boston – You'd prefer to get the one seed to face Miami if they're staying in the eight. Obviously, Miami looking to move around. All these teams looking to to get within that top four to have a home playoff series, and really, it is anybody's, you know, kind of ability to do so. You know, one and two for home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs is going to be a battle between most likely Toronto and Boston the rest of the season, and then, like I said, three through eight really going to be fighting to to jockey through the those spots. Looking on the outside, I guess you could say Detroit and Charlotte still have a chance. Um, Detroit three and a half games out of the eighth spot, and Charlotte four games out. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens there. But Detroit has lost three in a row, but Charlotte has been playing well. They've won five in a row, so we'll see what happens. But in my opinion, I think these are the eight teams we're going to see in the Eastern Conference. But in no way, shape, or form do I believe that this the the lineup that I just read to you is going to stay true to that. Then you go into the Western Conference, and it's a very similar situation. You have Houston and, and Golden State, 47-13 and 13 Houston, and then Golden State 47-14, and 14, half a game back. Houston on a friggin' 13-game win streak really figured it out, man. Chris Paul, James Harden, uh, Clint Capella, um, really all those guys, Trevor Ariza, Eric Gordon, have a deep bench, really good team, well-coached. Um, and I know a lot of my roommates really think they have a shot against Golden State in a seven-game series, and, and you know, I don't. <laughs> um, I've, I've always said I think the only team that could beat Golden State is Golden State. When they lock in ready to play, um, you know, I, I really don't think that they're able to be beat barring any injury. That's a conversation for another time when we get closer to the playoffs, but if you look at this, the rest of the, the, the mat, or the, um, excuse me, standings go Minnesota at three, but they're, you know, they're so far out of the two spot, you know, I mean, Cleveland technically, you know, they're six games out of the two spot, not, you know, not insurmountable to be able to come back. But in the Western Conference, Minnesota is ten and a half games out of that two spot. So it is a definitely a battle between one and two for Houston and Golden State. But then you have Minnesota at three, San Antonio at four, New Orleans at five, Portland at six, Oklahoma City at seven and Denver at eight. Um, but the Western Conference is even more competitive than the Eastern Conference in terms of, you know, kind of the the bottom teams there, the 9 through, you know, 9 and 10, um, realistically. But, I mean, we always gave a lot, of, a lot of shit to the East. Records are pretty similar. I mean, realistically, the Sixers are 32 and 27, and that's 7th in the East. 32 and 27 would place them, you know, right around the same spot. Um, in the Western Conference. So, I, you know, I think, you know, maybe it has evened out just, you know, a little bit, and, and uh, it's it's very interesting to see. But three through eight for the Western Conference is only separated by three games, so it's even closer than the Eastern Conference. Um, Minnesota, three. San Antonio only a half game back from them at the four. And then New Orleans, 
you know, Anthony Davis playing out of his mind even without Boogie Cousins, only a game and a half out of the four. Portland tied with them. Oklahoma City tied with them. Denver only a game back from them. And then outside of that, you have the Clippers only a game out of the A spot and Utah only two and a half games out. So it's still anybody's frigging game here. I mean, this is... This is, you're looking at really six spots for, for eight teams um, and a lot of jockeying still to happen uh, there. So it is going to be a fun final stretch for uh, for both conferences, for a lot of different teams, um, you know, fighting to, one, get into the playoffs, and two, fighting for really good position within the playoffs and where they finish. Um, you know, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see. I think I just want to go through my, you know, kind of my projection or predictions a little bit. I think Toronto um, is playing a little bit better basketball right now. I think it goes Toronto and Boston 1-2. Cleveland, will, you know, LeBron James is playing very well right now as well. Um, I think they'll lock up the three seed. And then I, I really can't give you four, five, you know, I can't go four through eight, but I will tell you that I do think, um, you know, the eight teams in the Eastern Conference will be the eight teams that are in the playoffs. As for the Western Conference, it's it's a coin toss, uh, Golden State and Houston, who's going to kind of take the one seed in, in home court throughout. Um, and then, you know, Minnesota lost Jimmy Butler. So, you know, that, that's they're going to have to learn to play with that. Um, Kawhi is making his way back for, for San Antonio in March after all those stories. Um, you can only imagine that would only help them. How long can AD keep it up for New Orleans? I don't know. Oklahoma City, uh, you know, has struggled a little bit as of late, you know, but hopefully they can turn it on towards the end of the, you know, kind of the season. And Jokic in Denver has been playing really well as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think Golden State will take the one seed. You know, I, I think when they really have to lock in, they do, and I think they understand the importance of home court advantage. Um, and then for the eight seeds. I think that I think Denver gets in. Uh, I don't see the Clippers getting in. I think maybe Portland or New Orleans could fall off a little bit, and, and Utah could sneak in there. You know, obviously Donovan Mitchell was playing out of his mind, and, and they were on a great winning streak before the All Star game. So we'll see if they can keep that up. Um, but it wouldn't be surprising if it was the same eight teams that I just mentioned as well. Um, as for kind of individual accolades um, in terms of kind of where those stand. Right now, James Harden for me has to be the front runner for MVP. I mean, he's just he's just really balling. Thirty one points a game. I mean, he's he's in the top three with nine assists per game as well. Um, you know, and, and his team is the best in the league. So I, I don't know how he doesn't win. You know, obviously without a a major major kind of drop off or somebody just playing completely out of the out of their mind for the rest of the season. LeBron James always in the conversation, in my opinion. Curry and Durant have to be in the conversation. Giannis and, and Anthony Davis has to start to be in the conversation as well. But I do see James Harden as a step up from 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 those guys and, and kind of where they're at. Um, I don't want to go through a lot of my playoff predictions right now. I think you know I'll save that for a couple podcasts down the line. But I think it's going to be a really fun you know second half quotations. I always put them in because it is a, obviously a lot of shorter of a, of a season basically um, after the All Star break. But I think this final stretch of twenty to twenty five games is going to be really really important for a lot of teams and and really really fun to watch. And and I do think it could be one of those situations where it comes down to the very last game of the season for a lot of different teams. Maybe not to get into the playoffs, but you know. 
one win, one loss, uh, and, and you know that could be a difference between a seventh seed and a fifth seed. That could be a difference between really having a chance at, at, at moving on past the first round of the playoffs or ending up facing facing a, a Boston team or facing a Golden State team or Houston or whatever it may be. I think those those will hold true to um, you know really really coming down to the last couple games of the season and I cannot wait I am one that is is definitely really really excited um you know to do so and and and, and be a part and, and watch that um great awesome you know one last thing I wanted to touch on is is LeBron James there's a few different topics surrounding him real quick I want to talk about the Philly thing I'm sure most of you guys have seen the billboards that a, a Chester County um business has has a uh, you know kind of put in in Cleveland three separate um billboards that show LeBron's number with Simmons and Embiid and, and all the guys and it says complete the process um there's a push there for for LeBron to go to Philly obviously uh he'll, he'll be a free agent after the season will he leave Cleveland again is he going to LA is he going to Houston he's going to San Antonio uh you know there's a lot of questions I love it from from the Philly business uh and, and kind of the fans of course as a Philly fan, I'm not dying for LeBron James to, to come to the team. I think it's a little bit more of, of me being just just kind of feeling the, the guys that have went through everything. And, and you know, the, the team goes from trusting the process and, and, you know, obviously giving us timelines to, to get to where we need to be to LeBron James coming to the team and being a championship or bust type team. And, you know, then winning the championship if it were to happen – you know, is there a tiny, 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 tiny little asterisk saying, you know, we did it because we got LeBron? That's just me. Of course, LeBron James, one of the greatest players of all time, still one of the greatest players in today's game, maybe the best um, in today's game still in his 15th season. It'd be silly for me to to say, no, we, we don't want the king. Um, but it's just it, it's just a weird feeling, I guess. I don't think he'll end up coming to Philadelphia. I, I really don't think he leaves Cleveland. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense, uh, in, in my opinion. I think he should finish out his career there. He's got a shot to, to get to the finals, really, for the rest of, <laughs> rest of his career. You know, they're going to do the best to build a team around him. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, hopefully, I think for his sake and, and kind of for Cleveland's sake, he stays. You know, without Kyrie now, if he leaves, Cleveland is going to you know really be in full rebuilding mode. And, and he got so much hate for the move last time. He's won the championships he needs to win. He's proven everything he's need to prove, you know, kind of prove in my opinion. There's guys that are always going to believe he's the best basketball player to ever live and there's going to be guys that always believe he can never scale up to Michael because of 6 and 0 and 6 MVP. So, no matter what he does unless for some reason he, you know, somehow he wins, you know, five or six titles in his last five or six seasons, can he beat can he be better than Michael in in, in some people's opinions? You're going to have your opinion. So, I I think that he really should just finish out his career in Cleveland, see what happens and like I said, he's got a great chance uh, a fighting chance to to be a world champion in Cleveland, which would make it all the more special for him. Um, one more thing I wanted to touch on LeBron, and and it's a more of a serious subject, and and it's not something that I get into too often. I stick to basketball. I stick to, you know, kind of talking about what I know and and talking about what I love to talk about. Um, but of course, it, you know, it's it's hard to turn a blind eye to to a lot of um, the conversations that have been happening. Um, you know, due to the, the Parkland shooting in Florida um, and utilizing LeBron James's voice and other athletes' voice that have a podium and have a, a spot to talk um, and, and really can reach a lot of people. Um, you know, a, a, an anchor 
um, on a talk show has, you know, told LeBron to shut up and dribble, said he didn't finish high school, um, and he came back and said, I will not shut up and dribble. I am here to use my words to to build the community. And, you know, I wanted to take a second to to say, you know, I think I haven't always been the biggest LeBron James fan on the basketball court. Um, you know, I think sometimes, uh, you know, kind of the heat move and, and at times he he was a little bit of a baby for me. But, you know, over the years, um, it's been incredible maturity. But throughout his entire career, LeBron James has never been shown in a negative light outside of anything he's done. You know, the only thing that anybody could ever say is something that would have to tie back to a basketball decision. He has been a voice for the NBA. He has been um, a leader you know, a hero at times, sending kids to college, going back to Cleveland, you know, making his voice heard. And, you know, all I can do is stand up and really applaud, you know, him not, you know, kind of just just taking that and, and, and shutting up, uh, basically. I think it's it's incredible to, to be able to use his platform that he's built from the time he was 18 years old until now at 33. Um, and I, I really do respect him and other athletes that use their voice. I know Kevin Durant and Dwayne Wade as well. Um, I think it's really important. You know, there's a lot of kids, myself included, growing up that are always going to take an athlete. You know, a lot of times there's there's a lot of kids that love to play sports growing up. There's a lot of kids that their heroes and their role models are going to be athletes. Mine was Derek Jeter. That's why I played baseball. And, and, you know, that's somebody that really wasn't in negative light in any way off the off the field. Neither. Um, I think it's really important. You know, I think, you know, it shows you, um, you know, how much power that, you know, that, that, that your messages can, can really re- reach just a large number of people. And I just wanted to touch on that. I, I, I keep my political views to myself about everything that's going on in today's world, and I would never push or project anything on my show here on the Sunday Fadeaway. But I, oh, I do think that it's important in, in a time of, of such controversy really in, in, in anything that happens in today's world um, to, to point out and, and, and be respectful and, and be appreciative of, of, you know, kind of the role models that we've been able to grow up with, not only LeBron James in basketball, but so many other guys. I mean, Kobe Bryant's, you know, Rafa Nadal, Roger Federer, Tiger Woods. We've been able to see some of the greatest athletes in the world, and a lot of them have used their uh, platforms and their voices to reach a number of, a lot of times kids, but a number of audiences in a good light. And, and for that, I, I respect them. And, you know, I, I really do appreciate everything they've done. And, and I do hope that he continues to do so. So I just wanted to touch on that before letting you guys get out of here. Um, something that, you know, was on my chest and, and, and I did want to speak about it a little bit. So that's that. That's the show this week. Uh, like I said, my name is Ryan Kelp, and I'm your host every, each and every show. This is the Sunday Fadeaway, a Basketball Society podcast. Make sure to follow along at B-Ball Society. We cover everything from middle school to high school to college to NBA to WNBA every single hour, every single day, every single week, every single game. Whatever you are looking for, there's video clips, there's analysis, there's analysis. Yeah, analysis is a thing. Breakdowns. Um, there's everything. You know, we do it all, and, and we're, we're really continuing to grow. And for this specific show, follow at Sunday Fadeaway. Join the conversation. Join the discussion. Look out for another competition. You know, I, I'm definitely going to run another uh, another kind of, uh, sh- you know, basically a contest to, to win a, a team shirt, and, and it's something that we've done. I, I sent a, a, a Philadelphia Sixers shirt out to 
out to Florida the other week, and I'm happy to do it again. So keep an eye out, follow along on the Twitter, and, and I'll do my best here to get the Sunday fadeaway back onto what it sounds like, a Sunday fadeaway back onto a regular release pattern. Bear with me, folks. I'm doing my best to push my content out. I'm Ryan Kelp, and this is the Sunday fadeaway. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk soon.